Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, everyone. Today's episode features Monica sharing the surprise footling breech birth of her son, Luca. Living a holistic lifestyle, Monica mindfully nourished herself for six months prior to conception, using podcasts and books to slowly absorb information about birth. When she discovered she was pregnant, she knew the only place she could sink safely into the hormonal flow of labor was at home. After her waters gently broke on New Year's Eve, she felt confident to stick with her dinner plans, having surges throughout the night as she celebrated with friends. Once home, she began flowing with the waves of labor, transcending into the next season of life while simultaneously saying goodbye to the year that was, as fireworks burst in the distance. Only a short time later, she would feel the urge to push. Monica shares with us the moment her husband discovered their son was breech and how valuable techniques she learned through hypnobirthing helped her regain awareness of her energy and surrender completely to the journey ahead of her as her son made his powerful entrance earthside. Enjoy. Monica, welcome to Positive Birth Australia. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to share. Do you want to just start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. So my name is Monica and I live in Sydney with my husband, Alessandro, who is an amazing artist and my little one, Luca, who is the reason that I'm a mum. Gorgeous. And was he a planned conception? So my, my little Luca was definitely planned in the sense that we knew we wanted to start a family that year, which was 2020, but then COVID hit. So it was around March and I thought, oh gosh, maybe it's time to step back and rethink things like when the right time really is to start a family. And then wouldn't you know it, the one time it could have happened. (laughs) Now, when I say the one time it was like literally a quickie, um, (laughs) like, where, ma'am, thank you, ma'am. And I laughed it off. I laughed it off because I was like, 
you know, we didn't use protection. I could be pregnant. And then that's it. Went about our day, like thought nothing else of it. And then two weeks later, a friend of mine who is very intuitive texted me in the morning and said, I had a dream that you were eight weeks pregnant last night. But when she told me, I laughed it off because like I'd actually forgotten about, you know, the possibility of it. And then I was having a shower in the morning and just something, my intuition, I guess, said, take a test. And I went and I bought a pregnancy test and it was positive. And I still like, (laughs) it's so wild to me. Like I still cannot believe that's how it happened. I'm so grateful. Yeah, of course. And what about, did you feel any symptoms come on after that? Well, I don't want um, mamas listening to be angry at me because I'm one of those very, very lucky few that didn't have the morning sickness. Didn't have, I didn't have hardcore symptoms at all. I do remember the first symptom I did have was sore boobs and then actually when I first found out I was pregnant for the following week I had oh this is by the way guys sorry if you can hear Luca talking but um we were just chatting before and I I found it very hard to put him to sleep so he's going to be joining us on the podcast today um yeah so I didn't have any symptoms apart from sore boobs and I had some back knee for about a week after finding out I was pregnant Mm, all those hormones yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's right that's right Mm -hmm. so you've just found out you're pregnant was there anything you did to help get your body ready for the pregnancy journey ahead yes 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 and yes <laughs> so I'm very holistically minded on everything and I'm really into into health and wellness and about a year before I like so basically my husband and I we always knew 2020 was kind of the year that we wanted to start a family if possible I was turning 30 that year we were married for two years it just seemed like you know, the right kind of time. So about a year prior to that, I researched the best prenatals. I purchased them online and I had them ready for when, as soon as I fell pregnant, I was like, I'll start taking them. But before that, I was also taking folate because obviously methylfolate is super important um, for a healthy pregnancy. So I was taking that for a good six months beforehand and just really nourishing my body with the right foods for preconception, you know, lots of healthy fats, great quality carbohydrates, protein, like all the kind of just real whole foods to make sure my body was nourished and just ready to house a baby. So that was like the kind of um, the kind of nutrition aspect. And then I also watched, even before I was pregnant, like I, I listened to birth podcasts, I watched births and I sort of just was thinking about how I wanted to my birth to be, you know, did I want to go in the hospital? Did I want to do home birth? And um, that's actually what I decided. So before I was pregnant, I told my husband, just so you know, when we do have a baby one day, I would love a home birth. Amazing. So just prepare. Yeah. Was there anyone around you that had given birth at home at that stage? No. Okay. So what was the reception like then? Because I know there can be a lot of fear around home birthing if you're not kind of exposed to it. Oh, without a doubt. So, well, my husband for the, you know what? I think there's a big misconception about home births being extremely dangerous and yeah. like scary. And even now when I tell people that I had a home birth or I planned a home birth, they think, they say, oh, you're so brave. But for me, for me and the kind of research I did, I actually felt more, I actually felt more scared being in hospital than I did at home, funnily enough, right? And I feel like for the mother, it's really important to feel safe in her birthing space, you know? So I just, I just knew in my heart that that was the right thing for me to do. So I didn't really care about the pushback that I received. And to be honest, to my face, everyone is really supportive. I did have a few, like when I, when I say um, supportive, I mean my friends and family, like my mum was really on board because when I told her the research and the, the statistics, she sort of really agreed with me and supported me mm-hmm. and the the others just kind of said if you're happy we support you so that was fine you know yeah 
Were there any courses or resources that you found helpful in the lead up to your birth? Yes. So um, I did the hypnobirthing course, which I highly recommend. And that was just huge. And when we go down my actual birth, that is something that I can truly say contributed to the, the feeling, the positive feelings I've got after my birth, how I handled my birth, because I did not have a run-of-the-mill birth whatsoever. So hypnobirthing for all the mums out there, something like that I just think is so great to have up your sleeve because it prepares you not only physically but mentally, emotionally, which is something that we need to do because birth is a huge transformational experience. And for some, you know, if you don't prepare yourself, I feel mentally um, beforehand, it can be a really scary prospect. But for me, from doing that preparation, like I just felt so excited and just ready and raring to go. And even even now looking back, I just can't wait for the time again because it is such such a beautiful process yeah, too, you know. I love that. So yeah, I loved that. And I've got to also let you know the books that I read, I just love Ina May. She was incredible. So anything from her and also um, the guide to natural pregnancy and birth by Mama Natural was also a great resource to have. Yeah. Okay, great. I haven't actually heard of that one before. It was. It's a nice kind of um, easy, straightforward one for mums to look week by week and then they tell you sort of natural alternative to morning sickness remedies and, okay. you know, just sort of educate you on what can happen when you're in the hospital, how to prepare yourself, how to um, – advocate for yourself and things like that. It's really great. When you fell pregnant, what was the motivation behind choosing a home birth and what was your perception on pregnancy and birth? Um, so basically my perception on pregnancy was that it, that we were made to do it obviously. Right. And, and kind of like, I can trust my body and my body knows what to do. And, um, when I looked down the path of home birthing, what I loved about it was the fact that you're in your own space. So your body is really calm and comfortable and feels safe compared to, you know, potentially a bright lit hospital room that may not, I mean, for me personally, I've just got experiences from going to hospital as a child, you know, seeing sick relatives and things like that. And it it never um, rings a kind of safety, more so rings like scary sickness, that kind of thing, personally. Um, And then also when it comes to birth and home birth, when it comes to birth, should I say, when you create a baby, they say that you need the same hormones, the same um, comfortability, the same kind of energy to bring the child out as you did creating a child. So then I always say to people, would you feel comfortable having sex in front of potentially 10 people in a bright lit room, people coming in and out, you know, checking your private parts, like things like that. Mm -hmm. So, so that really kind of, when I heard that um, kind of analogy, really, really made sense to me in a sense. And I thought, no, like I really do need my privacy personally. (laughs) And if I can, and obviously, you know, everybody's, everybody's um, situation is different. And for me, it was like, I'm going to go down this path as long as it's safe to do so. I had an amazing private midwife who was looking after me and things like that. So it's not, look, I'm not advocating for not for doing something without feeling completely safe and confident. And I felt so confident in my team around me. Yeah. And when seeking out a private midwife, you obviously didn't go through the hospital system then at all? No, I didn't go through the hospital system. So I found out I was pregnant at six weeks. Um, I jumped on to, there's a Facebook group called Home Births New South Wales, I believe. And then, you know, they sort of talk about the different midwives there are. And then I discovered Jo Hunter, who was my midwife, who I just oh, love Jo. She's amazing. So like, <laughs> as soon as 
oh, I just had to get her. So I was like reaching out to her, like, please, Joan, look after me. <laughs> and oh, there you go. So you know how incredible she is. And like, I just, she's like another mother figure. She was so nurturing. She was so yeah. caring. I honestly felt like every time she, she, so another great thing about home births is when you do have a private midwife, they come to your house when you do your checkups and um, things like that over the course of your pregnancy. So that was incredible that she could come into my space and, you know, we were just chatting for like, we chat for a whole hour and then she just checks on everything holistically. Like how are you going mentally? How are you going spiritually? How's your whole family coping and all this kind of stuff, which is wonderful. It's not like a big, not like a quick rush in and out, you know, which I loved. So fast forward to the end of your pregnancy now, that last few weeks, how were you feeling? So in the end part of my pregnancy, I had really painful sciatica on my right side. So that was, I remember for like a good two weeks just before I had my son, like I could hardly walk. Every step I took was painful. So I'd go to my chiropractor weekly, to my acupuncturist. And and then I was also doing chiro and acupuncture just to get my body ready for birth, ready for labor. So that's another thing I really highly advocate, just going and getting your body tuned up, ready for labor. Mm -hmm. And also another quick little tidbit was I was eating, I think four or five dates every single day, because that's meant to ripen your cervix and get that really ready for strong and really effective contractions. So I thought, look, you can't, it can't hurt. I love dates anyway. So I was doing that and drinking raspberry leaf tea, which is also meant to really help with um, labor. So that's all I was doing. Joe um, was coming over. I wasn't getting any other tests done. It was just like really, it was just really simple. Um, my pregnancy was really healthy. I had no symptoms or no uh, complications. And then, and also, so I had my, my friend who is an obstetrician. I had Joe and I had my acupuncturist all fill my belly um, and pretty much say, yep, he's head down. He's ready to go. Hasn't engaged yet, but definitely head down. And then came the 31st of the 12th, 2020. So New Year's Eve wow. when my water broke. <laughs> What a date to arrive. So did you guys have plans that night? I did. Well, because it was still, it was still COVID restriction. So there was, I think you were, you were allowed like, I think either 10 or six people in your household. So we had a a little six person dinner at my friend's house around the corner (laughs) and I was in charge of dessert. So and and, um, um, let me just say when my water did break, which was in the morning of New Year's Eve, I called Jo and she said, you know what? Labor hasn't started yet because no contractions, just go about your day. Like you're not in labor. So I literally did that. I went and continued making my, um, my dessert for New Year's Eve dinner. (laughs) I didn't tell my friends what was happening. And I literally had to wear a nappy at the end of it because I was just (laughs) just gushing amniotic fluid the whole day. That's wild. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. So do you know how far along you were at that point? I was, I do know, I was, um, I think, 40 weeks in like two days. My, so okay. my due date was around the 29th and this, this was the 31st, yeah. Yeah. So bang on. Um, and, yeah, so basically no other symptoms that day, no other pain, no nothing apart from the water breaking. And then just as we were getting ready to go to dinner around 6 o'clock, I felt you know, this really dull period pain ache. That That's how I can describe it. Like super manageable, just like, oh, okay, I think something's happening here. And that's how, that's, um, how it started. And then during dinner, so then I did tell my friends at dinner <laughs> that I was in labor and I'm going to, so it was every six minutes I had contractions and it was hilarious because 
I'd be talking like totally normally, eating my dinner, and then I'd have to stop for like the 30 seconds or whatever. And they just all felt so uncomfortable. I felt, I really feel bad for them now because for me, I was fine. They were just like, oh God, what are we doing? You should go home. So funny. I know. I just really wanted to enjoy my New Year's Eve dinner. And and can I just say, like, it was ridiculous because like these, the contractions just kept going. Again, they didn't really, they they weren't getting stronger in terms of pain, but they were still around six minutes apart. So I thought, no, I can still manage. And then I I really wanted my dessert. So I literally stayed (laughs) until I had dessert, which is so silly in hindsight, because I was full as anything. And that is like not a feeling that you want to have as you're in labor. You do not want to be too full. So take my advice and just don't have the dessert. Wait until the baby's born, then eat all the dessert you want. Oh, how funny. What time did you guys end up actually leaving then? I left I left at about 10.30. I was like, okay, maybe it's time to go home. My, my midwife and I also had a wonderful doula, so that's another thing that really helped during pregnancy. So both my midwife and doula said, okay, maybe go home now and just your body probably won't be able to get any further because you're still kind of like um, – you know, adrenaline's there. You're talking to everyone. It's really bright. Yeah. So we left at around 10.30 and then the contractions kicked in at about maybe every three minutes for about 30 seconds. So I was timing them. I remember they were 30 seconds long. And then I remember sitting, um, we, we see the, um, we can see the city from a distance in our, on our balcony. So I remember sitting in my um, living room, bouncing on my ball and seeing the fireworks. Oh, wow. That was really, really special. And then having the contraction. And so, so just uh, about 12.30, I spoke to my midwife again. She, her and my doula both listened to my, me um, contracting on the phone. And they both were like, you know what? You're doing a great job, but it's really early days. So we're not going to, like my midwife, Jo, she lived two hours away in the blue mountain. So she was like, I'm yeah. And that really, that made me a little bit nervous. But then again, she's been doing this for decades. And I just thought she obviously knows what she's doing. She'll leave when the time is right. But my husband, us being first time parents, he was like, God, just tell her to come soon. Because like, I don't know, I don't know how long this is going to go for, but they both were really, really confident that I was in early stages of labor. Mm So we got off the phone and they both said to me, just go and get comfortable. Try and sleep if you can, because you're in for a marathon. And you know how they talk about there's the stage when you're pretty close to pushing where you feel like you can't do this anymore. So a lot of women may transition. That's right. And they, and I remember hearing about transition and I was kind of waiting for that. And I remember thinking when she said, you're in for a marathon, my thoughts were like, oh gosh, can I really do a marathon? Wow. This is going to take a long time. So that was, and that funnily enough, that thought I actually was in transition because can you believe this? Because very soon after, so that was around 1230. So around one o'clock, I did try and make myself comfortable in bed. There was no chance I was sleeping because every three minutes, the contractions would come on strong. And at one o'clock in the morning, I went to the toilet and when I, and I finished peeing. And then I remember feeling like, I really needed to bear down and push just like when you've got diarrhea and you've got those horrible, you know, the horrible feeling of like, you just need to push to to release the cramps. That was the feeling. So I literally just pushed my body pushed without me even sort of being consciously aware of what I was doing. And I felt something come out. Yep. And then I just was like, Oh my God, I thought my vagina was falling out because it didn't feel like a head. The head, obviously a head is huge, right? It didn't feel like a head, but just something felt like it slipped out. So I called my husband from the bedroom and he came and I was like, look, you have to look, I, ca- I cannot. And he said, I see a foot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Oh, <laughs> can you believe that? And I was like, no, because obviously 
for anyone that doesn't know, that means that the baby was breech, which means for the most part, a cesarean, an emergency cesarean. And I, here I am planning a home birth. We've prepared our third bedroom. We've got this beautiful pool ready to be filled. We've got affirmations on the wall. We've got fairy lights. Like it's ready to go for me to have this beautiful home birth. And then this happens, right? So we call Joe, who says, oh my God, like call an ambulance. Like she could not believe it. Wow. And so we call the ambulance. I'm on the phone to Joe. My husband's on the phone to the ambulance who are making their way. And I was instructed by Joe to keep my my hands down. So I'm on my elbows and my butt is up in the air because she did not want him to move. She didn't want him to be touched because if, for example, I accidentally touched my little boy's foot, he could have had the startle reflex and then he would have been like a starfish inside my my stomach that would have been even more dangerous for him and for me, right? So it was really important that I just kept that position. The ambulance comes... I'm escorted like they four men I had to be like I didn't move like so I took her instructions super seriously so I was like you guys have to lift me up from my position onto the stretcher in this position like I'm not moving because I don't want him to be to be startled and so this is quickly where the hypnobirthing came in really really handy because I was doing I was listening to these beautiful um there were affirmations and they had this kind of like lovely, you know, soft soundtrack behind them, kind of like things like, um, you know, my body is ready for birth, my baby comes down safely, I'm ready for whatever journey my birthing takes, things like that. And so this obviously this journey took a whole new turn to what I was planning and I just knew from all the, the research I did and all the, the um, I guess, um, education I filled myself up in my pregnancy was that to be to maintain my composure and my calmness because then my baby's going to be calm. So if I was panicking, then I knew that his heart rate could potentially rise and then it could have been even a more dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. So from the moment um, I spoke to Joe, I closed my eyes, I um, – like pretty much just turn my brain off because for the first few seconds when I felt, when I knew the foot was there, I was thinking, Oh my God, an emergency cesarean. Like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Like just panicking. And I just thought, no, no, I can't do this. So I closed my eyes, turn off my brain as much as I could. And just my eyes were closed from that moment until he was born, which took, was about an hour, like maybe, maybe 50 minutes. Yeah. So the, the ambulance came, transported us to Royal Randwick, which was about 10 minutes away. Sorry to interrupt no, you, but were you still having surges at this point? Stopped from the adrenaline. Okay. The pain had stopped, but I was contracting very gently, very mildly right. in in the ambulance. But funny, yeah, funny you ask that. So, so all I can say is from my experience, like my contractions were never, they were definitely painful, but oh my gosh, like so manageable. And it's just, it just, I just want to let everybody out there, any pregnant women out there just know that it. It doesn't have to be this horrendous experience. Like for me, it wasn't, you know, so do the kind of things that I did. Try and prepare yourself as much as you can mentally, physically, eat the dates, drink the raspberry leaf tea. Um, and then we finally arrived at the hospital. My my doula came five minutes prior. So she was able to tell everyone there that I wanted a natural birth if, if possible. If I was dilated, that we needed the birth, like we wanted the natural birth. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to the hospital room. I was told there was like 15 people there because they heard that this was a breech birth. Like everyone wanted to be in it to see what was happening. And then the midwife felt me and made sure that I was dilated. I was. So I was given the all clear to start pushing. She put her hand up me, pulled out his other leg that was actually stuck, 
which which is why he didn't slide out of out of my um, body in the toilet, which is actually a blessing in disguise. Yeah. And 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 I pushed him out in like twelve minutes or something, and he was the first baby born in the hospital out of all that of the year. Yes, of, of the year. Yes, oh, yes, yes. Sorry, how I know it was such an eventful, eventful birth, eventful birthday. <laughs> like my son, he just had to he had to be this like dramatic entrance. He did. He did. <laughs> So once you got to the hospital, did your surges end up picking back up again? Or? No. No. They didn't. They didn't. And the midwife, she actually had to push down on my stomach, kind of push his body down to yeah. from memory because this was like such a blur, from memory to stimulate the contractions again. I'm not sure exactly what. And I just – so I definitely didn't feel – I remember when they told me to push – in the hospital, I definitely wasn't pushing because I had the contractions. Like it was just like a sort of just get him out kind of thing. So, yeah. And then I remember the first thing that I said after he was born, because like I said, I did all this research and I just read about delayed cord clamping and the benefits of it to the baby. Right. So he, he comes out and I say, not he's here. Can I hold him? I scream, don't cut the cord. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) And then, and then of course they're like, we have to cut the cord. This is a breech baby. Yeah. Like we have to check if he's okay. And they cut the cord. And my, and my doula's like, well, she was by my side at my head. She goes, Monica, if this is the worst that's happened, yeah. like you are very, very lucky. So I just said, yeah, I surrendered. Yeah. My, and I just can't, I can't express the importance and all the benefits enough of doing something like hypnobirthing because I, I swear if I didn't have that preparation and if I was just really panicked, I there's no doubt in my mind that I would have had the cesarean because I would have been so scared, you know, mm-hmm. and I would have been so panicked. And I'm sure that in that time, if I was, for example, in the in the ambulance hyperventilating or crying or that kind of thing, like of course that was going to affect me, my energy levels, my um, my emotional state, and also my baby potentially because when they when we checked him in the hospital, his heart, it was perfectly normal. Like he had no idea what was going on. How amazing yeah. is that? So once they'd finished their checks, was he then handed back to you? He was. He was given back to me straight away. And then my midwife, she came like five minutes after he was born, Joe, and she basically sat with me. So it was my husband, Joe, and Erica, my doula. And then basically they said they wanted to keep us in for, I think, two days for monitoring. But because Joe was in, she was going to come see us at home anyway. She gave us all clear and said, you know what, go home. I'll be there in a few hours. So we left at like 9 a.m. that day and I was in bed that morning. Beautiful. How were you feeling when you had time to sort of come back into your body and reflect on what had just unfolded? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Honestly, like even now, still talking about it, nearly 20 months on, it's still still the most surreal thing ever. And like I've got to say physically I felt incredible, like obviously tired, but, you know, I just – my body, like I'm so grateful for my body and everything it's done because I just felt – I felt good and I was able to – be with him I was able to rest at home we had both of our parents come that day and just dote over him so it was just it was like actually a beautiful welcome to the world for for little Luca um but yeah but even I mean still I had I had my um what is it called you know the sits bath I had that prepared ready to go I never used it but what I did (laughs) but what I did use was you know that um it's I don't know the correct term for it but it's this kind of like squeezy bottle that you can use to to gently wash your vagina even after going to the toilet and peeing and things like that because sometimes that can burn yeah so that was really helpful so any mamas out there just google i bought mine on amazon for like 20 dollars. it's just it's really nourishing afterwards you can put a bit of witch hazel in there with some warm water and that helps as well yeah 
any tearing? I did. I had second degree tearing. And obviously because I think, you know, if he may have come out like when he was actually ready to go in terms of like during the contraction or whatever it was, this was like a, like I was being really forcefully helped to get him out ASAP, right? So I was like, that was the least of my problems. Um, but yeah, I had a couple of stitches and even that like really surprisingly healed really fast and, and, and well, yeah. And what about your placenta? Did you end up doing anything special with I that? I did. Yeah. I did, I did. So, again, another thing I wanted, obviously, when you're at home, the placenta comes out naturally. They do have – and this is another, I guess, maybe misconception. Sometimes people, when I said um, I was having a home birth, they're like, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? The midwives are so prepared and they're, um, they're trained to do a lot. Obviously, they can't perform a cesarean, but that's like – pretty much everything else they can do. You know, they can perform stitches. They can actually cut if need be, perform episiotomy. They can do pretty much everything else. So they had, um, they also have the injection, I think, is it the Pitocin that they inject in your thigh to, yeah. So they even have that up their sleeves if the placenta doesn't come out naturally. But at home, normally it can come out naturally. So that's what I wanted to do. But in the hospital, they were like, nope, it's, we're going to, we're going to inject you now with the Pitocin and the, and get the placenta out. So of course I surrendered to that as well because, you know, I just thought, well, okay, I'm here. It is what it is. And so the placenta came out um, thanks to the Pitocin and then I had it encapsulated and I was taking that as tablets for a good maybe four months or something that lasted me. I loved mine, so I'm such a big advocate for them. So what did you find? What was your experience? Well, I only had them for my second birth and being twins, you would expect more challenges, right? Especially because I was also recovering from major surgery. But I healed so fast. I had so much energy. My hormones felt regulated. I only ever really felt a dip in my moods or even my milk supply when I had forgotten to take them. So for me, there was a very obvious difference, yeah. Well, what's great about you is that you can actually compare because you obviously didn't take them with your first whereas with me it was my my first and only experience thus far but like you had incredible milk supply my and my emotions like you said like I I never thankfully experienced any kind of um you know postnatal depression or even just like of course you experience the blues anyway just here and there were humans but nothing for a long period of time and I had that energy and like having a newborn and having energy like you know, they don't really go hand in hand, but I, I, I did. I felt really good. And I definitely, I definitely, you know, attribute some of that to the placenta tablets. Yeah, absolutely. What a birth experience, huh? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Is there plans to have more children? In the future? We are. And, you know, yeah. funnily enough, right, like I was telling my husband last night that I was going to chat to you today and I just said, oh, I'll do that again tomorrow. And he was like, he was like, I wouldn't. And I was like, I was like, I don't mean like, I'm not hoping that my second child is going to be breach, you know, yeah. coming out in the toilet by ourselves, but just in the sense of birth. Like, I think for me, I just, I loved birth and I can't wait to do it again. I definitely want a second child. Um, potentially next year, that would be our dream, you know, to fall pregnant next year. But obviously you can't plan these things. You don't know. Um, but I would love, I would love a second child for sure. And would the plan be to still have a home birth, do you think? I would, I would honestly do the same thing. So I would, I'm going to call Joe the second I fall pregnant and be like, Joe. And she even said to me last time, the next time you're in labor, you call me and the second you're, anything happens, the second, you know, your water breaks or or the first pain, I'm there because who knows how quick it'll be this time. So, so basically my active labor was two hours and 36 minutes. Wow. That's wild. Isn't that crazy? 
How long were your mum's labours out of interest? She had like um, a, an eight-hour labour with me and a four-hour labour with my brother. Right, okay. Because sometimes that can be connected. Mm, my mum actually, you know how you say they say um, the kind of birth stories you're surrounded by can impact your birth as well? Because, yeah. you know, so my mum, she's such a strong woman. She just is not a complainer. So whenever I used to ask her about birth, she was like, it's fine. Like, you know, I was like, did you, did you, when, this is when I was younger, like, did you scream? And she's like, no. I'm like, well, what, what kind of noises did you make? And she was like, I don't know. I just, I made the sound of like pushing. Like she was just, she's like a very like no muss fuss kind of girl. Yeah. And, and so I feel like I got that, a bit of that from her. Cause she was always like, you can do this Monica. Like you can do this. So I had, I had wonderful kind of support around me and also funnily enough so my son was a footling breach I came out breach as well but I came out um frank breach so my butt came out first oh wow so did your mum have you naturally yes because so my mum my mum had me in Bosnia 30 years ago right and so back then it was kind of like I don't even I mean surely they perform cesareans but I'm pretty sure for them it was kind of like like they really, the cesareans were for real emergencies. Like, yeah. and and they probably didn't even. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they even if they even knew really how to perform them at that stage. So she, I came out. She had horrible tearing. I think they, she gave, they gave her an episiotomy, and then she got tearing on the other side naturally and mm. infection. So she had a really hard time um, afterwards. But yeah, breach. That is incredible. Just out of curiosity, I don't mm-hmm. think I know this, but if your next bub is presenting breach, will your midwife still support your birth? I think that I think yes, I do believe. So okay. so this is the thing. So it was a big everything happens for a reason, I believe. And, you know, for example, if I, I like, you know, if I known that he was breached, I would have had to be in hospital and my, my waters broke at 6am. And so I would have had to go into hospital then if I was having a hospital birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would, would have had to sit there for 12 hours from 6 to 6pm, 6 which is when my contraction started. So all these kind of things um, would have, I think, impacted on that. And then obviously there's the cascade of intervention. So perhaps, you know, if they thought that I wasn't progressing fast enough, who knows, I may have had um, other things done before that. And you just never know. So I'm, I'm really grateful because obviously for me, I really did want that natural holistic birth if I could. And I couldn't have the home water birth that I wanted, but I did have as natural a hospital birth as possible, I, you know, and I got to be home in a few hours. How amazing is that? I think it's also important to note for any mamas listening that aren't familiar with breech birth, that majority of breech birth is safe. It's yes. Just there isn't a lot of training now around breech deliveries, which is why a lot of OBs will push for a cesarean. Yes, exactly. You're so right in saying that it is, it's still, it's a variation of normal. Yeah. Um, and I and I think you're and I think it's just the fact that obviously if you're not trained in breech birth, then it can be dangerous if you don't know how to handle it. Yeah. Um, so, but I, but I have actually heard of home surprise breech births as well. And my my midwife says she says if she was there with with us when his foot came out, she could have delivered helped me deliver him at home. Mm-hmm. She because she's she's delivered breech before, but it's it was mainly because we were by ourselves, obviously. And yeah. I mean, a foot come on. Yeah. <laughs> so your hubby too. Isn't that crazy. My my. <laughs> But you won't believe what he did. You won't. So you think to yourself, what would you do if your wife 
You know what he did? He documented it. I have oh. photos. I have a video of, of me. Yeah. I think that's great. Isn't that hilarious. That's amazing. Good on him. I know. But listen, it's not the most flattering, but it's um it's great to see. It's great to look back. And there's like, I've got to I'll send you the photo. There's like this, it's actually a really beautiful photo he took of what he could see. And it's literally my bum and a like a proper whole foot coming out it's it's wow, insane that is just mind-blowing i can't wait to see it well you've had such an incredible journey what would be your key piece of advice for any expectant mothers out there listening well i just think education and knowledge is power and that goes without saying when it comes to your pregnancy and your birth because knowing what your body is going to go through. And, and I think for me, like when I, when the contraction started, me knowing that this is what my body is meant to do and not panicking and thinking, is this, is this normal? Am I dying? Because some women can think that, you know, I've watched movies and I even watched like a few um, months ago, Teen Mum. It happened to be on TV and this poor girl who was maybe 16 at the time was in labor and she was just screaming. Like she was so scared. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you can take that fear out of at least – maybe watching some births beforehand or just reading up on like the sensations and what you, what to expect, what you may feel. It just takes away that sort of edge of fear. And, um, and obviously there is a fear of unknown that's to be expected. Right. But it's just, just like educating yourself. And I mean, all I can say is for me, it really did help. And the hypnobirthing and just, you know, watching births, things like that, reading, like Ina Mae Gaskin, you cannot go wrong. She has such a beautiful perspective. Yeah. And just remembering that you're a boss bitch. We all yes. are. We are truly, we are truly magic, aren't we? Like we have created life. Absolutely. And and we wouldn't be able to do that if we could not handle birthing these babies, however that is, mm-hmm. you know, vaginally, cesarean. And, what, and, and also like this is to, to mamas that maybe really do want a natural vaginal birth and have have to have a cesarean like so maybe it's not their choice just because I think for me like I I look back and I think that if I happen to have if I had to have a cesarean I feel like I'd may have been hard on myself and I know there are some women that um experience that like failure I just want you to, to know that that is absolutely not the case and our babies truly choose how they need to be birthed for their own life I truly believe that so if you if you're if the safest thing for your baby is to come out and, and for you as well to come out via cesarean, then that is like the best thing for you. And just know that truly, you know, yeah. yeah. So true. How about, can I ask you, I'm so sorry because I know you are the host, but how was your, how were your births just really quickly oh, yeah, for me? Of course. So with my first birth, like many first time mums, I went in a little naive thinking, mm-hmm. you know, my body is built for this. I can do it. And I really knew nothing. Um, Mm -hmm. I had what I thought at the time was the best standard of care, being a private OB and midwife. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a vaginal birth, but the typical cascade of interventions. So I was induced and then she was born using a vacuum. And, you know, then there was a variety of complications from that. And then with the twins, I was kind of thrown a curveball because there was two of them, right? Yes, so right. I wanted to have a home birth with a midwife, but that went out the window because our system doesn't support twin home birth yet. Yeah. And most women that you hear of having twins will book in a cesarean, right? So long story short, I ended up getting to 40 plus three weeks, which was... Oh, my God. Um, and then my little boy, Luca. Oh, no way. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, yes. my God. 
same name. I know. Um, He ended up getting stuck because I had my waters ruptured and he just wasn't in an optimal position. And after so many hours of intense labor, we ended up choosing to have a cesarean. And like you said earlier, you have to surrender to the journey ahead of you. I always felt in control of my decisions. I never felt pressured into anything. Great. We were informed on every single procedure that was offered to us. We were given time to think about things first. So there is a huge difference and it has such a big impact on your mental health afterwards between, and I'm such a big advocate for this, having things happen to you or having informed consent where you feel in control. Yes. Yeah. Abs- you, you know what? I couldn't have put it better myself and that's exactly why I think, you know, doing things like hypnobirthing and if, if you yeah. can afford it, getting a doula because that kind of takes away – if, for example, if you're a little bit lazy and can't be bothered doing all the research, having a doula there is like having, you know, the like a birthing genius that knows everything about everything yeah. and they can advocate on your behalf and they can teach you exactly what you need to know without you, I guess, delving into all different facets of it and which book should I get and, this, and things like that. Yeah. They can really help. Yeah. We had a doula with our twins and she was honestly worth her weight in gold. She yes. She send us information about twin birth, but she was most valuable for that backup support when we were sort of throwing things we weren't yes. sure on. Yeah. Same here. Oh, that's amazing. And my, my husband, you know what? So for me, like I did, like you said, all that kind of education and like you and your husband did. Um, and I look back and I think, well, maybe I didn't need her to teach me things but my husband through our birth he says that it was absolutely priceless having her there because he felt so safe knowing that she was like looking after me because she knew what she was doing so it can be really beneficial to the partner having yeah. a doula there to to sort of even like put their mind at ease like what is what she's going through now is okay it's normal yeah yeah mm-hmm. What a wonderful journey you've had. Thank you so much for sharing it with us today, Monica. And maybe one day we can have you back on the show for baby number two. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I would love to. And thank you so much for creating this space for mamas because I just think it's so, it's it's priceless having something like this. And again, this is such a great thing to program our brains, knowing that you can have a positive birth. And I love what you're doing. I'm really grateful. Thank you. That brings us to the end of today's episode, everyone. Can we all just take a moment to imagine what Monica's husband saw when he walked into that bathroom? (laughs) I've personally seen the image and it is truly breathtaking, mind-blowing, awe-inspiring, just all the feels. Our bodies are forever blowing my mind. Like we touched on in today's episode, most birth leaders that support physiological birth consider breech deliveries to be a safe option for majority of mothers. As Monica said, it is a variation of normal and it's important to understand why there is a common push for cesarean when a baby is presenting breech. There are risks in all births, but it's figuring out where you personally fall on the risk scale. What we know is that there isn't a lot of training for breach delivery. So unless you have an experienced OB who has handled situations like this, you will most likely be pushed toward a cesarean, even if your risk is low. What we've learned throughout this podcast is that the best course of action for most breech deliveries, no matter where you're birthing, is the hands-off approach, which is understandably why Monica's midwife felt that sense of urgency for her to get to the hospital. And what an incredible job she did achieving that with her son's foot earthside. Wow. Speaking of, I found it fascinating that although Monica was literally giving birth, 
As soon as her body felt panic arise, her labour stalled. In this case, it was exactly what she needed to get to the hospital safely. But you can see now how powerful your hormones are and why you need to feel safety in order for those hormones to flow. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Let me know what you think over on the PBA Instagram. And if you love this podcast, leaving a review helps us to reach the women who need it. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you all next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia. Bye.